Okay. Are we ready? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All right. I'll just go along, guide us through, and you guys jump in whenever you want, and we can just do stuff. Hi, guys. Welcome to Better Than You Remember. I'm Mike Paltrano. Uh, be sure to, if you're watching us on YouTube or any of these other places, you can also find our podcast on Spotify. We're also up on Apple and on Google Play. What is it? Google something? Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. Yeah, you can find us at all of those places. Wherever you can find your favorite podcast, we're there. Like uh, Tom Joe. Just search for Better Than You Remember. We yeah. should be there. Excellent. All right. So today we're doing one of my sort of favorite movies but uh it's a classic movie whenever it, someone asks me about an underrated movie or a movie that uh they've never heard of to watch i go for the chase the 1994 classic starring charlie sheen and christy swanson um i think this is a perfect perfect movie to do for better than you remember basically it is the definition of better than you remember however with one slight slight uh little tidbit i don't think a lot of people have actually ever heard of this movie whenever i talk to people about this movie the reaction is either it's usually i have no idea what you're talking about i've never heard of that movie if they have heard of it they love it and then they and then we immediately start talking about how come nobody else knows about this movie so maggie you had seen this movie before we did this rewatch for the podcast right i saw it uh well, I saw it like years and years ago when I was like six. And then like, um, yeah, I watched it again forever. Like, cause I didn't watch the whole thing. Cause my parents like kicked me out of the room, you know, but um, at the age of six. I know what part that happened. Yeah, so, um, you know, years later in like uh, middle school and high school, I got to watch it. And um, yeah, I, I love it. I think it's great. And I'm, I'm sad that it's like kind of, flown under the radar and nobody really knows about it and steve you had you saw this for the first time for this podcast yeah i'm one of the people that hasn't seen it before and had no idea what you were talking about you had never even heard of it never okay well what were you this were... was 1994 so I, I wouldn't have been watching this as a kid but yeah yeah unless your parents were watching it and they kicked you out of the room right and that didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> but you've seen other movies from the 90s you know sure but this just you never even knew about this. Yeah, it just again, like Maggie said, it flew under the radar. What did you think when you watched it? What were your what was your first reaction? You guys really hyped it up and I always get a little like iffy on like when everyone just starts saying, You must watch this, it's the best movie ever. Not that you guys went that far, but this was a good movie and I, I, I wasn't disappointed with all the hype that you guys put behind it because you guys had me watch the trailer and just after seeing a trailer, it was what, maybe three minutes, I was already sold. I loved every character that I saw in that trailer and I couldn't wait to go see the actual movie. I think I watched it that night. I, I was so hyped for it. I'm glad you liked it. It's not the greatest movie ever. No, it certainly no. isn't. But, but for, for what it is, it's, it's yeah. like perfect. I don't know what happened in 1994 for it to fly under the radar like it did, but I, I couldn't see, I, I would have seen it in the theaters had I been the appropriate age to watch it. Yeah. Um, it, it apparently did okay for its time, but again, it was it was just sort of relatively unknown, but I'm not sure exactly why. So it stars Charlie Sheen and Christy Swanson, who both were kind of in their prime. So Charlie Sheen, uh, he's making like six movies a year at this point. So before this, the year before, he makes Loaded Weapon, which is a lethal weapon 
parody movie, which isn't very good. But he also made Beyond the Law, Hot Shots Part Do, which is awesome. So is the original Hot Shots, Deadfall, and The Three Musketeers, which was basically sort of capitalizing on the success of Robin Hood uh, a year or two before that, which is basically, it, and, it, and that was a huge movie, Three Musketeers. So then the following movie, well, this year, the same year, 1994, he's also in Major League Two, wow, which was an anticipated comedy, and Terminal Velocity, which was kind of a, kind of a big deal. Christy Swanson is totally on the upswing here. Before this, she is in Hot Shots, the first one, and then Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And then she makes this and sort of just disappears after this. I'm not sure why. Yeah, I don't know what she's been. I think she's, I looked her up on IMDb and she's like doing, she was been doing like a whole bunch of TV shows, like just appearing in one episode, like Criminal Minds and, um, you know, Law and Order and stuff like that. Right. She was in Higher Learning and The Phantom shortly after this. And then she just sort of, yeah, goes into that that sort of purgatory where she's just on one episode of CSI or something until 2011 when she stars in the awesome TV movie Swamp Shark. Wow. I, yeah. yes. But I don't know what happened to Christy Swanson. She should have been a huge star, I would have thought. Well, Christy, if you're if you're listening or watching, <laughs> we'd love to have you on the show. Yeah, I yeah. would love to have you. On the show. Steve would love sure. to. Yeah, yeah, he would love to hear all about what you've been doing for the last <laughs> thirty years. Mingle, tell us tell everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was actually, I guess, the third movie that Charlie Sheen and her were in together. Yeah. Because um, yeah, they were in Ferris Bueller's Day Off together, which I yeah. didn't know she was in that. She's in it for like ten seconds. She's whenever the. Uh, whenever the teacher is doing the roll call and he's looking for Ferris, she's the girl that speaks up and says, look, I heard from so-and-so, so-and-so that Ferris passed out at the thing or whatever. Oh, I see. She looks almost totally different because that's that's almost, I want to say that's a good six years before this. Right. This is 94. That came out, I think, mid-80s. So it's almost close to 10 years prior. But yeah. Hmm. So anyway, a little bit about the movie. So it comes out in 1994. Um, it's directed by Adam Rifkin, also written by Adam Rifkin, who the only other thing I even know by him is Detroit Rock City, which wasn't a bad movie. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, right? That wasn't bad. <laughs> that was good. That was, that was all right. It makes $7.9 million um, on a budget that Rifkin says is something like just a few million dollars. So it makes money, but... That's really, that's not that great. You know? Well, I mean, you got to figure it doesn't cost that much to make because mostly it's just like car sets. Yeah. This movie, more <laughs> than any other, this, this movie was Fury Road before Fury Road. <laughs> like, what? Dead serious. The, like, you know, you talk about Fury Road with people and you tell them, you got to see this movie. Like, pretty much the entire thing is a car chase. This movie the entire thing is a car chase. It is. You're in the car within five minutes and you don't get out of the car until like the last 30 seconds of the movie or something. Yeah. Yeah. Every once Just in a while you see- doesn't have all the craziness of Valhalla and yeah. No, <laughs> no, 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 I get no, what no. you it's mean not though, as car insane, chase. But it's, <laughs> it's a, a car, car chase. chase. Yeah. yeah. Even more than Fury Road, <laughs> this is just a movie that takes place during a car chase. Right. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. The two characters are in the car 98% of the movie. Yeah. Which is weird because I would also consider this movie like a romantic comedy. Which yeah, what it's is like, this movie? I, I would say this romantic is, this comedy. Is how, what was it called? I think it's called Slash. Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> she's yeah. like this brat stuck up you know rich girl and then all of a sudden there's a point where she's like no i believe you jack and then they hold hands <laughs> and then it gets a little hot and heavy from there but yeah she yeah. starts you know sympathizing with uh charlie sheen well okay just real quickly just in case somebody doesn't know so just briefly this is a movie about jackson hammond who is charlie sheen who has been wrongfully convicted of a crime escapes and he's trying to get away, and he accidentally kidnaps Natalie Voss, who is played by Christy Swanson, and she happens to be the daughter of a fictional super rich dude. Dalton and, Voss. Yeah, so he's, he is trying to get to Mexico to get away from the police, and the police and the media are all chasing him, and that's the movie. And this is a big deal, because Dalton Voss in the story is California's Donald Trump. That's, so that's he, what he, I was super thinking. rich. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He was but fantastic, anyway. believe me. Right. Believe me. <laughs> I want to go. Um, the, 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 uh, I, I wouldn't mind it if the, uh, the California Dal uh, Donald Trump was president. Dalton Voss he, he, he he might be a good president. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to get back to like, what is this movie? Because it kind of is a romantic comedy, it sort of might just be a comedy. It's a chase movie for sure, but mm -hmm. I think it's, I think primarily it's a satire movie. Yes. It ex it's poking fun at multiple things in society at the time and even today. And right. for those of us who work in the media, yeah. I know when I was watching it, some of the jokes <laughs> and some of the things hit a little close to home. Like yeah. I could see myself getting that assignment. Oh, right. Do you know what I mean? Hanging on to the side of a van, just <laughs> tell us what. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can we get a word? Can we have a three <laughs> minutes with, please? Just, I, I especially <laughs> love the everyone trying to get the exclusive, and the one guy. Their exclusives start to get more and more adjectives tacked onto them. Because I remember the one guy is talking about, "We are bringing you the first ever live on the ground shot of the car chase." <laughs> And then it's literally here they come, you know. Yeah, they're yeah. like, there it was, hey. Yeah. What about we we're it. the first people to do that? It's all about the ratings. We got to yeah. beat the other uh, news outlet. Oh man. Oh, but it, yeah, some of that yeah. hit a little bit close to home. Yeah. Well, not only that, just all the assumptions that people are oh, making. They kept building like, the story. Oh, he's some sort of mastermind. He, yeah. he knows. He's a sharpshooter and some. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> well, it. I think one of the things it does well is it literally shows how bad the media is, or anyone for that matter, not just the media, at assessing a situation that is rapidly changing and you have very little information. Right. One of the things that was nice about the old kind of newspaper cycle was something would happen and then you could go back, check everything. Investigate. Investigate yeah. it, find out what was true and what wasn't, and then write it and put it out the next day. Whereas now with, you know, 24 seven news and all of that. Yeah. Those people are just guessing. They're On just, the same uh, speculating. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's just masses of just a ton of disinformation. And Anchorman two also did that. If you remember, yeah. they were doing a high speed car chase and well, they stopped, just... they stole it from the chase. Oh yeah. No, yeah. I, yeah. Ron Bergen, he's just at the desk. He's just like, making stuff up 
And mm-hmm. he's, you know, stage producers like, yeah, just keep going. Actually, that part of the movie, I think, that aspect of the movie holds up quite well. For a movie that mm-hmm. is so much about media and, and how much media has changed even since 1994, it holds up incredibly well. They could have made this mm-hmm. movie today and really didn't have to change anything. Add a they little bit of social it. media yeah. stuff in oh, there. Yeah. And Absolutely. other than that, it's dead on. Yeah. But in a way, it's, I think it's pretty prophetic also. I had always assumed this movie was made sort of in response to the circus around OJ, especially the Bronco chase. Right. It came out before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like three months before that happened. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. almost like, I can't believe that this movie comes out three months later. This movie came out, I think in March and then, yeah. And then OJ happened in June. Yeah. I, I just, I think that's just so crazy. The Adam I bet Rifkin he watched the movie and, like, and yeah, that's why it didn't get so much play because of there's a chase with OJ. That's why. Sure. Yeah. Everybody. Was in <clears throat> so now another thing that I always notice when I watch this movie is I always forget who is in it. There's really only two main characters. Everyone else is, is just sort of circling it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're cops. They're in the media or they're somehow related to the two people. But, uh, You've got the police chief, who is Wayne Grace, who is in Mulholland Drive, far away, far and away in Volcano. Mm-hmm. You've got the two cops who are making the cops show, Henry Rollins, who's obviously the musician. and The Rollins band. Yeah. And you've got the other one is Josh Mostel, who is the revolting blob from Billy Madison, and he's in a ton <laughs> of other stuff. The, the reporter who's hanging on the helicopter is Rocky Carroll from Crimson Tide. And tons and tons of TV, including um, the 90s show Rock, which I used to love when I was a kid. Dalton Voss is played by Ray Weiss, who's in every single TV series ever. The attorney is Marshall Bell, who you're going to be like, who is that? He's the dude that has the tummy baby in <laughs> Total Recall. Wade or what? Or oh. Not Wade. Quato. <laughs> yeah. He's also in Starship Troopers. Um, Flea and Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers are yes. in it. Carrie Ells from Princess Bride right. and Robin Hood Men and Tights is in it for like 10 seconds. So is Ron Jeremy oh, yeah, as he's just a, a cameraman. Yeah. Ron Jeremy's a camera yeah. guy. <laughs> I, was, I was like, was that Ron Jeremy? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Like obviously when I was younger, I didn't know who Ron Jeremy was. And now, yeah, now sure, I watch Maggie. it and I'm like, what? <laughs> and then your parents kicked you, you out do. of the room. Right. Yes, and then my parents kicked me out of the room. <laughs> Spook, yeah. <laughs> Is that Ron Jeremy? Get out. <laughs> that reminds us, we were going to watch something. Get out of the room. Maggie. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's not that many characters, a lot of side characters, but every single side character, as soon as you see them, you go, who is that person? And they're in like 10 movies, just these tiny little parts, which I think is fascinating. So let's talk about the movie. I think maybe we'll kind of break it down into the sections. So we've got the car, the cops, the media, and then sort of the public or the community around them. So we'll start with the car. Our two characters are in the car almost immediately. And the way they got there was because of the worst gas station attendant ever. Yeah. Right, yeah. 
Yeah, that dude is like driving <laughs> that, me nuts. That it, everything that happened was a result of his stupidity. Yeah, he, he couldn't he, get the coins out of the coin holder. Uh huh. He couldn't. It, how long does it take a person to ring up a candy bar and five dollars <laughs> on pump five or whatever it was? Takes him. Forever. If you if you rewatch that scene, it's him just like beep 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 beep. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Even Charlie Sheen is like, all right, I'm growing a beard over here. Let's go. Right. <laughs> right. It, it could have been like, you could have had the cops figure everything out without that guy needing to take 10 minutes to ring up a pack of cigarettes. Sure. But it absolutely right. did not help. Well, it kind of helps when uh, Charlie Sheen's just kind of like keep the change. And then the cops are like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> well, if, if he didn't take so long rigging him up, he might have been out the door before the cops could even see the license plate or the car right. at least, you know. Yeah. Before the radio call even came in over the little speaker. But props to um, Charlie Sheen for thinking quickly about using that candy bar as yeah. a weapon. Butterfinger. That was That's genius. Delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Butterfinger. Uh-huh. Product placement. Yeah. yeah. And then that gas station attendant ruins things more with the whole gun. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Just one of those people that is so oblivious to how much you're inconveniencing uh, the rest of the world. You know what I mean? They're those right. people that you're about to strangle them and they're just sitting there smiling, joking in your face, just totally unaware that death is staring them right in the face. Like in 30 seconds, I'm going to murder you. And just, oh, what a day, what? isn't it? How about that weather? Shut up. I'm going to kill you. Ring me out. <laughs> yeah. So they're in the car. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Natalie is terrified, mm. burns Jack with a cigarette lighter. And then mm -hmm. over the course of the movie, they come to understand each other and even fall in love. Maggie, <laughs> <you're>, <laughs> as, as a woman, since you're the female here on the pod, right? what are the odds that you would ever fall in love with a person who kidnapped you? over the course of, I don't know, whatever it is, a couple hours in that car. And keep in mind, he's handsome. Could that, yes. He was okay, wrongly accused. Which one thing, Charlie Sheen was 28 uh, when this movie was made. And I didn't right. realize that he looks so much older. He like always looks the same age. Yeah, he like, does. He's looked the same age for like 50 years. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I don't think it's very likely <laughs> at all. Like, <laughs> I really like, Falling in love with uh, somebody who just kidnapped me. It's got to be like, what, maybe six hours, eight hours. How long does a tank of gas last? Because they, they never ran out. Um, no. Yeah, but I, I don't think, I really don't think <laughs> that's uh, plausible. But who knows? That aspect <laughs> of the movie always makes me think that it's probably much more appealing to young men or teenage boys because you kind of could see yourself as this sort of screw up and of course natalie voss is going to fall in love with me but i just the don't richest think. girl in in all of la yeah <laughs> i don't think so there's just no, no way that happens i mean it's a nice fantasy and yeah. it's it's romantic and nice and when they sing um, Macho Man in the car, that's, that's totally cute. That's definitely a turning point where the, always like the cowboy. is starting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have the worst dialogue in the entire movie, though. 
they have all the, I think they actually do a pretty good job considering they have the most ridiculous, unbelievable part of the story to carry. Yeah. Everything around going on around them is satire. So the more ridiculous it sounds, the better. Yeah. And then they keep cutting into the car and they have to be like, you know, so where, how did you get, uh, how did you get arrested? Oh, you know, my, my father's always, I've always had a troubled relationship with my father. <laughs> and you just go, what are they talking about? Yeah. Like, well, it's all like what else are you going to do in the car? I mean, except it's thanks just talk about the, randomness. It's thanks to the old school car phone that any of that stuff comes up. Cause like right. the father calls the car phone and then we, Oh, there's a strange relationship between her and her father, Charlie, that's your window. Like, talk to this guy and tell him like you're crazy and you shouldn't be talking to your daughter like that get there's it there's the chink dude. in her armor charlie there go it for it go dude strike live for all of us yeah. <laughs> i just gotta tell you charlie sheen's character is the most unfortunate situation like ever like you're a freaking kids clown a party clown and you you just get picked up for a bank robbery like who that's got to be like i'm sure there are clowns that love it but i think he didn't love that job so no. I, <laughs> I would say that that's probably like the worst job and then you got framed for a bank robbery just because you had a clown costume in your car and then you go to jail for it you go to prison like what? Getting like 20 years or something yeah it's, and it's it, a lot of a lot of time for a bank robbery. I mean, well, I think, red nose bandit. Come on, it's a serious <laughs> crime here. I think yeah. his lawyer is probably just terrible. Like they don't put innocent people in jail, so he probably thought he didn't have to try at all. So you got to work the system. <laughs> and that's the other thing is, there's got to be more to the case than just well, this guy also has a clown outfit. Like lots of people have clown outfits. They. I just, I got to think even besides the, the blood type or whatever, there's got to be another way to prove his innocence. Yeah. Like fingerprints, anything. I guess, I don't know, was DNA real big in the 90s? You'd have had, I think you'd have had some stuff like that, right? Ask, ask OJ. I think. Yeah, ask OJ. Because <laughs> they were doing that stuff with the, with the OJ trial, I think. Yeah. So had, yeah. I just think, yeah, that's definitely a lot to assume you know just from a clown costume i'm just saying there's got to be security cam footage or something right you know like this Is guy's not even wearing clown? the same clown costume as me yeah right what do we think of of the car what's your favorite part of the car Ooh. i like the macho man singing just because i think it's super cute and fun mm. And I think every girl wants to sing Macho Man in the car with her man. <laughs> her captor. Yeah. Right. I guess I'll be the first to say it. Best uh, sex scene ever in a movie. Whoa. In the car. <laughs> I Flying through think... the clouds. Yeah. <laughs> Is there another sex transported. scene in a movie that takes place in a moving vehicle and moving. involves the people that are driving? I can't think of an, a Probably single not. another one. I don't think so. Yeah. Do more no, research, yeah. Maggie. Not even in <laughs> Fast and Furious. I don't think so. 
I would say though, the stuff in the car, even as, as like good and lighthearted. And, and there's some parts that I like the, uh, I kind of like him going like, Ari, I told you never to call me here and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I think the car stuff might be the weakest part of the movie. Whenever I was watching it, the car part would be the only time where for almost a split second, I might go like, ah, oh, this is getting a little corny or something. Yeah. Fortunately, every it almost seemed like the director could feel that happening too, and then he was immediately like, "Let's jump out of the car and go to the cops," or "Let's jump out of the car and go to one of the reporters." So they're never in the car for more than like a minute or two, and then it's somewhere else again. Because those two people in the car are the only two normal people. Everyone else surrounding them in this situation, they're again a parody of what they are and they're they're hilarious they're building yeah. them up to be this this mastermind captor and it's like no 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 just a normal guy calm down so i think they had to play the you know at first it was awkward of them getting to know each other so on and so forth but i mean they are the normal people in this movie everything else is just exaggerated right they're almost not necessary well not that they're not necessary but <laughs> they're the they're the almost the MacGuffin. Right. You know what I mean? They're almost just there to drive the plot forward. It's, it's almost like the movie wants to, to really talk about what's going on around them. Yes. They just need to be in the cars for somebody to chase. Yeah. You exactly. I mean? it. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't hurt if you like them and they're kind of likable. But other than that, it's like, I think the movie is really actually concerned with everything else besides them. So there are two different stories. It's them falling in love and, oh my gosh, this crazy mastermind, you know, military training sniper, crazy driver guy has kidnapped a rich girl, you know? Right. So uh, it, it, both people, both, you know, sides of the story are different stories. Yeah. I think the director though, in the end, when he wrote and directed this, I think he wanted to talk about the media and sort of the frenzy of this whole thing. I'm not sure he wanted to tell a love story. I don't think right. he woke up and was like, I got to tell this story about Jack and Natalie. Exactly. It's been killing me. I've been, I've had this story <laughs> in my head for years. I got to get it on paper. I think it was more like, I need Jack and Natalie to be in a car so that the media will chase them. And, and that's what it. I really want to talk about. Yeah. Right. And I think it shows, cause I think all of the rest of it, is much more interesting. I think they're actually the least interesting part of the movie. Well, um, my favorite part about the car is, I don't know if this counts, but the cops that are chasing them. I think they're the MVPs of the movie. They're, oh, yeah. they're my favorite part. They are the best. I agree. <laughs> okay. We'll go, um, I guess a lot of the dialogue was improvised by Henry Rollins and... Um, whatever his name is, Josh Mostel. I did read that. That's pretty impressive. And they're yeah. pretty, they're hilarious. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So who wants to talk about the cops? What do we got? I, I'll take it. Um, I love the fact that uh, they're in the middle of being filmed for, I believe the show is called The Fuzz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is a cops ripoff show, mm -hmm. but it wasn't just the cops. It was the camera guy and mostly the uh, producer slash director. I don't know how you want to refer to him um, mm -hmm. in terms of production, but he's perfect. Yeah. He is so perfect. The he's perfect. so selfish about saying, you know, get that shot, roll on this. 
Doesn't he call the cameraman an insignificant nothing? Nothing, he calls yeah, him. Because he needs to change the microphones for some reason. Maybe yeah, exactly. Maybe he ran out of battery. I don't know. There's but something with the it's, mic, yeah. It's, it's the cop in the driver's seat that is, like, the best of all of the cops. Henry Rollins. Yeah, Henry Rollins just killed it. Like, first of all, he looks the part. Exactly the part. And his attitude about he knows he's being filmed. And yeah. he's really hamming it up for the camera. And that's just fantastic. I love that whole, like, he's, like, really playing it up. And then his partner is kind of, like, the other side. And he's like, well, no, we haven't been on a chase this long. <laughs> see, <laughs> it's I don't the think... best between those guys. No, see, I think the other guy, <clears throat> he just has a sort of a different personality type. But he's also hamming it up um, just in a different way. Henry Rollins and, is yeah. all muscle and bravado. And then he... He's sitting there like philosophizing and things. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Just sitting there talking about, you know, I got a I got a kid that wants to be an astronaut. I'd like to keep it that way. Like nobody talks like that. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? He's just saying whatever he thinks will sound profound to the camera. Right. And it sounds so stupid. <laughs> well, I also think just a, an assumption. I think Henry Rollins' character is probably like new kind of rookie on the force and then the other guys just well been he's there not for they've, been, years they've been partners years. for six and a half years yeah they have you're right yeah. i forgot about that you've been doing this for <laughs> six years now right six and a six half and six and a half, half. <laughs> he's a seasoned veteran and this is his time for recognition there's a little bit of dale dobeck in in them too sure the way they sort of like the the especially like six years six and a half six and a half yeah yeah like who you know what mm-hmm. i mean you gotta like, get that half in like when a 12 year old yeah has to like yeah. get that little tiny bit more in there right you know what i mean like have you ever been on a chase this long oh we go on chases all the time all the time well not oh, this long yeah. well no not this you know <laughs> right right but i think the cops are absolutely perfect i think they're the mvps of this movie yeah henry's his reactions are always over the top like he'll start uh, um the the car will start swerving for unknown reasons at this point in time and he just like he knows the camera's right over his shoulder. So why is this guy swerving so much? And the cinematography in this entire movie just consists of like snap zooms yeah. and people screaming obscenities into the lens. Right. It gets it, it goes a little much. Like some of the car chases yeah. are just I mean, it's it's almost borderline uh it's it it, it verges on too much. Just yeah. right. quick cuts, quick zooms, yeah, pans and yeah. Um I think a couple of times when you actually can see the cars moving, you can tell they're not going that fast. No. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is one shot where it's perfectly like choreographed. One car goes this way, then the next goes that way. And that one, you're just like, oh, this is, this is all planned. Like obviously, but yeah. Right. Uh But they're absolutely fantastic. They have all the best lines, I think in the movie. Um, and, And so it's really impressive that they're actually just, you know, improvising i love when they finally have him at the end i don't know either one of their names but uh not henry rollins the other guy mm-hmm. when they've they've pulled his cigarettes out and he like he grabs the cigarette you know what do we got here and then he's, oh it's just cigarettes, cigarettes. He's, he's so bummed <laughs> you know what i mean he's talking also, trash <laughs> yeah i also like the part where uh natalie voss has the guy um at gunpoint and he's like, no, he's confusing you. He's confused. It's all very confusing. You're confused. Yeah, he's confused. confused you. It's very confusing. 
But at the exactly. same time, the reporter's like, are you getting a shot of this? Yeah. <laughs> There's a gun pointed to his head. Right. He's concerned about the shot. Uh-huh. As would I. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then you've got, uh, I always, I, the thing that other thing that struck me is whenever the cops who are back at the station are um, watching on like the little computer, like why don't yeah. they just watch it on the TV? It's on every station. Why are they well, watching it on this little handheld thing? About the station, that cop, I don't know like what rank he was, but the guy who initially reports the car chase to the chief, what a nerd. Yeah. Oh, what, yeah. What's going on there when that happens too? Because when he goes to tell the chief something, the chief is like riding a bike. There's a female cop sitting next to him bawling. And <laughs> all you hear him say is something to the effect of, I don't run my... Uh, precinct on a shoot first ask questions later basis right. or something and this lady is like bawling throughout the whole scene what did this woman do like i just want to know what is happening there yeah i can't figure it out but oh, i just love the, the the nerd cop i don't know his name he had a, an immediate answer for everything the chief was like shouting at him like yeah where's the chopper you let the film crew rent it out right, right. Oh, get it back you approved it sir yeah uh -huh. <laughs> he's like way over the top <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i love that dalton voss can just come waltzing in there and start yeah, ordering everyone around it's just everything. he's he's super rich so yeah the yeah. police chief doesn't he's just like yes whatever you say yeah <laughs> And I also love I also love Dalton Voss's wife walking through the station, just sort of going like, "Why is it so dirty in here? What's what that smell stink? like? <laughs> What's that stink? Yeah, it's like it's a well, cop, that's his uh, second wife, right? Yeah. Right. Uh huh. Exactly. The other big part of this, and I think, is probably the aspect of the movie that perhaps Rifkin really wanted to talk about the most is the media because yes. they are sort of. Uh, Sort of what's really, really driving the whole thing. Yeah, they are really mm -hmm. sensationalizing everything and blowing it out of proportion. I absolutely love that it takes them all of about five seconds to start producing terror on the freeway graphics. And, <laughs> that was you know, the best graphic. Yes. Yeah, nightmare. <laughs> high at a, quality. At that miles news set hour. was ridiculous. Which like one? The, the background of that station's news like network it was this like scary guy with like bloodshot eyeballs or something like that. It was, it was supposed to be like, this is like the action news, you know, parody. And they right. actually look like they could be newscasters today. Even their styles didn't go like even the one lady, the blonde lady's hairstyle. It, oh yeah. There's no way that would fly today. Old, no, I think it totally would. I <laughs> no guarantee way. you that lady is on TV right now. <laughs> look it up. Got the voluminous <laughs> hair and everything. And yeah. Yeah. You need volume to be on the name. Some of, yeah, some of that hair needs to stay back in the 90s. Uh -huh. <laughs> I think that was a byproduct of the 80s. That's what she was rocking. Was that yeah. the Rachel? No. No, Rachel. no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about getting the Rachel because nobody has it now. Don't do it. <laughs> bringing it back. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. Nobody, I'd be like totally unique. You get that, I'll get the Caesar that George Clooney was rocking in the 90s. <laughs> yes, yes. We'll be there. Steve will get the bowl cut. Oh, <laughs> the bowl cut. No, that was that was cool. The boy bands did it. Anyway, JC had it. JC had it. Yeah, Chazé, whatever his name, I don't know. Nick Carter. Nick Carter. Mm -hmm. He still got it, I think. Shout out to Nick Carter. <laughs> he totally might still be rocking that bowl cup. Mm. Yeah, Nick Carter. 
<laughs> so what do we got to say about about the media? They're doing their job. Yeah, they're they're getting they're eyeballs trying. on the on the screens. That's yeah. all they're there for. <laughs> they're real passionate about what they're doing, and it, it it makes things a little overboard. I guess yeah. you would say. I also love the the one anchor person who's talking to the helicopter camera guy, saying, "Do you think you could?" get a shot inside the car a little bit closer so we could see maybe if she's tied up or otherwise restrained. <laughs> and then the camera yeah. guy's got to be like, well, no. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm in a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. At this angle, Sorry, I don't guys. really think that we'll be able to. I'm so then like the lady, the lady anchors like, well, there's a scared little girl in that car. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're about to hook up. Like, what are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. Just all of the assumptions that they're making throughout the whole thing. Like he accidentally like shoots a tire out at some point and they're <laughs> yeah. like, he's an expert marksman. Now he's like, trained. Yeah. No. He's a Marine. Right. That's the second yeah. tire he shot. Right. Yeah. Uh -huh. The, the, the guys who like drive the monster truck, they must be undercover cops. Right. right. Yeah. Everything. They just, they fly way off the handle and start going on. It's, it's totally true to life. That hanging on the side of the van and just like they're clipped into the to the van and they're, you know, about to do the interview with Natalie Voss through yeah. on the freaking freeway. Well, that guy was looking for an Emmy <laughs> straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. No. Yeah. Do you think uh, do you think that news stations would actually do something like that? Oh, yes. In a car chase? You think so? I, yeah. I don't doubt Back it for then, a second. Yeah. You're going to make news history by doing that. So yeah, you're gonna get the harness yeah. slapped on you. They would do it now. I, I don't think they're, uh, I think all of that media stuff, it, it, except that they don't have social media stuff going on. I think all of the stuff with the media is totally true. Yeah. Holds up perfectly. And then we've got the public. The, the public's not in it much, but obviously the public is what's fueling the media frenzy because mm -hmm. the public is gonna wanna see all of this. You know what I mean? And we still do that to this day. It's all about ratings. But I mean, you've got like the people who are hanging the signs on the overpasses, supporting Natalie, you know, and then obviously the crazy rednecks flee and Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> right. Who are, who are gonna like, their whole thing is let's get on TV. So they're gonna right. ram, they're gonna ram the car. And, and at one point they, they say like the, the police can't do their job right or something to that effect like we yeah. have to take care of this like. yeah yeah but that's <laughs> well, the end game is to get on oprah let's just get that right. straight yes and geraldo <laughs> and geraldo <laughs> yeah and uh, sally jesse and and yep. yeah you can find Larry us King. at where can they like you can <laughs> yeah, find us too <laughs> i can't yeah, remember where they say they're gonna be out at all no, they no, just no, no. they just like all right we're just gonna ram them and, and they waited so long kill too. Natalie if you do that yeah they were so prepared and they, they had it all planned out great plan if you want to stop them but then when the time came they oh, missed them let's try again so they're now yeah. they're weaving in and out of traffic they almost hit the cops a bunch of times <laughs> and then don't they get arrested yeah they get yeah arrested. they got arrested yeah as soon yeah. as they say they want to go on Oprah and all the other shows they they just go and get arrested. What I, one of my favorite things is when the lady is interviewing them, like as they're getting arrested. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, we are here with the drivers of that, uh, monster van, monster, or whatever it is. Yeah. And then the dude immediately like says, he says monster truck. And then she goes monster truck. And she, without missing a beat, 
She oh, just yeah. keeps right. interviewing them. You know what yep. I mean? We are here with the drivers of the monster van who have just done the, the monster truck who have just been as, <laughs> you know, didn't matter. She was just going full, you know, just full steam ahead. Yeah. Right. So that's about it. So let's, let's do, I have a question. I have some questions. Okay. How, if we did do this movie, if this movie took place today, would it be much different? I don't think so. The only thing that would change is maybe like um, freelancers or something. They, you'd see like a bunch of drones out there or you'd see people drones. speeding along with the people you know, with cell the, phones. The thing. Yeah, there would cell be phones. footage. Everyone would be on Facebook people. Live. Um, yeah. yeah, you wouldn't have a car phone. <laughs> you just yeah. have your cell phone. There would be more coverage, if anything. On yeah. The yeah. All over social media. Live you... tweeting. Oh, yeah. This is like, this is kind of stupid, but I, I probably would have said something if I was in the movie. It's whenever they're down looking at the security camera footage to identify Jackson. And of course, they do the whole like, let's see if I can enhance it. Enhance. Yeah. Enhance. Uh-huh. And it turns out to be like this 4K image. Yeah. Yeah. VHS like, tape that's been used over yeah. and over. Yeah. <laughs> it's like grainy when it's small and then they blow it up and it's just like, oh. It's a perfect oh, shot. Of yeah. But then they, um, they say it's Jackson Hammond. We got word that he could be headed this way yesterday or something like that. And Dalton Voss, of course, is like go, losing his mind. You guys knew that this guy was coming here, why? And you didn't do anything. And the police chief says, "Well, we thought he, we heard he could be coming this way. He could have been going anywhere. We're not mind readers." And then Dalton Voss says, "Well, I am a mind reader, and I see <laughs> that uh, in the future you're going to be looking for a new job." Yeah. And I immediately was like, "Well, that's not mind reading, Dalton. That's a totally different power." Right. That's I just, just don't think in the he future. Has, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also cool, but I was just like, I wish the the police chief or maybe the nerdy guy should have said it. Should yeah. Have yeah. Been like, well, actually, mind Mr. reading, sir. Yeah, exactly. And then Dalton just punches him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. The movie has a pretty awesome soundtrack, and I'm going to go on like a little tangent here for just a second. Okay. okay. Most of the soundtrack is punk songs. There's some Rollins band stuff on there. It is a song during the credits, I think. That's de- yeah, like, that's Henry yeah. Rollins. I can't remember what it's called, but that's one of them. But uh, this song or this movie sort of had a big outsized impact on my life because of the one song when Jack is imagining having the confrontation with the cops. Do you guys know what right. I'm talking about? Yeah, the fake right. That That whole scene is unlike anything else that happens in the movie. You know what I mean? It totally gets your attention. Mm-hmm. What, did, what did you think of that scene, Steve? I didn't believe it when I was seeing it. I, I, I had a feeling that this is like him running down scenarios. So when he snaps back out of it, I thought, all right, now is this him going into another scenario or is this really happening? But I, yeah, when he like did the fake raising of the, the finger gun, you know, I thought, that's not really his MO at all. So I don't think this is really happening. I kind of caught on sooner than maybe someone in 1994 would have caught on. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get that at all. Cause I, um, before I watched it again, I thought that's how the movie ended. Cause I, I totally, totally 
just like must have blacked out the last, you know, like minute of the movie where it doesn't actually happen. Yeah. So yeah, right. I actually thought it ended like that. I was like, best death scene ever. And they're like, <laughs> no, what are you talking about? No, he doesn't die. Yeah. Was, It'd be a totally different yeah, movie totally if he died it. right there. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I would be disappointed. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I just spent an hour and a half watching this guy and he, he didn't even make it. My favorite part of that and the part that I um, remember as soon as I saw it, I saw this, I rented this on VHS with my two sisters when it came out. So it would have been in 94. So I'd have been like 13. I immediately, as soon as that scene happened, I was just going, what is this song? And I like had to figure out who that band was. So anyway, the song is um, The Next Life, which is the last song on a band from England's debut album. They are called Suede. The album is also called Suede. And this movie sort of changed my life because they be ended up becoming one of my all-time favorite bands, especially their second album, Dog Man Star. So if it were not for the chase, I probably would have never figured found this band and could have missed out on some of my favorite music of all time. Just so that you know I'm not crazy. All right. <laughs> so Dog Dog Man Star, which I believe also came out in 1994. I think it also came out in 1994. Um, the album that this song is on, I think came out the year before. So it was a fairly new song when it made its appearance in this movie. But Dogman Star, NME has it at number 31 on its list of 500 greatest albums of all time. Wow. Guardian has it listed as one of the 1,000 albums you need to hear before you die. And I would agree. Um, and then just something that's like a little bit interesting, I think, is uh, when they re-released the album a few years back for one of the anniversaries, the lead singer, Brett Anderson, in the liner notes, talks about some of the changes he would make to the album. And he recommends swapping out the power for My Dark Star and Black or Blue for The Living Dead, both of which are on sci-fi lullabies their B-side compilation, which is as good an album as any album ever. And I, ha <clears throat> and I happen to think that if you do swap out those songs, it's really the only way to make the album better because it was pretty much a perfect album anyway. So if you're a fan of Dogman Star, there is a whole new way to experience it. It's actually the only way I think you can make the, uh, the album any better. But the song that is in the movie is not on that album. It's on the previous one, their debut. Also excellent. I just like Dogman Star better. I gotta say, I've never heard of. I know Swede. you guys don't know what the hell I I'm talking about. <laughs> but I'll, I'll now that I I know about them, I'll have to well, listen to the album. In in America, they had to be called the London Suede because there was some other band that already called themselves Suede, who nobody's ever heard of. It was it was like, yeah, you know what I mean. It was like totally stupid. Like if you were, you know, Pink Floyd, but some other band named Pink Floyd already existed and they sued you so you couldn't use that name. So you had to modify it somehow. And everyone else is going, who the hell's Pink Floyd? You know what I mean? Like they're Pink Floyd. We're like, no, right. we're Pink Floyd. Like, no, you're not. We're Shut American up. Pink Floyd. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I never heard of the actual suede band. There's only one suede. Yeah. yeah. But I have it if you guys ever want to borrow it. Love Fantastic to. album. Yeah. <laughs> All about drug use and 
<laughs> and hating yourself. It's a great album. It's a great Sounds album. like a good time. Yeah, if, for your teenage years, if you're like an introverted teenager, oh, it's 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 for you. It's yeah. like the Smiths and the Cure, but more depressed. You know what I mean? Oh boy. <laughs> oh yeah. Like a glamorous drug addicted the Smiths. Yeah. Like if Morrissey was a heroin addict and a better singer. Yeah. Well, that, that <laughs> song at the end of the movie doesn't sound like that at all, I would say. It's, it's very angelic and heavenly and kind of yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you got the... Everybody's screaming, but you don't hear anything but that song. And just right. everything's in slow motion. And yeah. Yeah. I don't get well, that feel from what you described. Well, that's just one song, you know what I mean? Right, and that's yeah. that's off their debut album too. Um, their debut it's album the is much more stuff. of a, well, it's more of a glam rock album. The, the, the Dogman Star is the one where the two guys who wrote the music started really hating each other. The lead singer was basically just a heroin addict who was starting to lose his stuff. You know what I mean? Was... Uh -huh. And so all of the songs he writes are sort of about being on tour and hooking up with prostitutes and having his latest fling steal all of his money for heroin. And yeah. Oh, it's good stuff. Sounds like a good time. Oh, it's great stuff. <laughs> yeah. So what other thoughts do we have on the chase? Any closing thoughts? I'm I'm glad they made it. Not to be like rooting for a criminal, but he's not really a criminal. But he's not a criminal. I, I was right. I was pulling him for him the the whole time because the odds were stacked against him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of suspense in the movie. Like I don't think at any point in time I was you know really like hanging onto my seat wondering what was going to happen. It's just more you know it's just a fun movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I I really enjoyed it. It's it's one of my, you know, favorite movies, I guess. Not like, I wouldn't say favorite, but it's one that I really, really enjoy. And if I, if I see it on TV or see it somewhere, I'm going to click it and watch it again. It's extremely easy to watch. Yeah. Because yeah. it goes so fast. It's really all just one thing. So it never even, it's not even like one of those movies where you go, oh, well, this part's coming up and I don't care about that part. For the most part, this movie is just a combination of three different interiors and they're right. all just jumping back and forth. It never stays anywhere for more than like two minutes. Right. Yeah. You know, well, so it all takes place in like eight hours. If yeah. That. But I yeah. just mean, you know, you, you like the cops, you like seeing the media stuff, you like the two main characters and it's just, Here's the two main characters for a minute. Here's the cops for one minute. Here's the media for a minute. Back to the cops for a minute. Here's the character. And it just does that the entire time. Mm -hmm. So no matter where you're at in the movie, you're kind of, as soon as you, if it comes on TV, you kind of go, oh, I love this part. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, and there are so many of those parts. Well, that's the whole, yeah. The, the first five minutes is pretty much indist indistinguishable from the last five minutes almost. Yeah. You know, it's all just the same thing. And it's so easy to watch that I think it's one of the easiest movies to watch. I will say that the one thing I didn't see coming was at the end is where, um, so Charlie Sheen puts that gun into her purse before she gets pulled out of the car. I didn't think she had the 
guts to pull a gun on it anyone so for right. her to like be all in on this plan i didn't see that coming i thought that was awesome and she even held a gun to the helicopter pilot's head to say back in buddy we're going yeah right i think that they they sit on that beach for about a week and then she goes what the hell am i doing <laughs> she snaps yeah. out of it he looks ridiculous in this stupid mustache we can't hide here forever we need money Daddy, you know I'm I mean? coming home. Yeah. <laughs> you know well, I'm that's saying? just it too. That's that's not a bad plan. If you're her, you can always just ask for more money and you can just always egg your dad on and be like, look, if you give me more, maybe I'll come home. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure that he would want her to come home. I feel like he would keep funding her constantly in Mexico. I think he, he wasn't he running for public office or something? Governor of California? To be governor or something. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he he needs good press. He needs his baby girl to come home and he's willing right. to pay anything more than $15,000. So what's Jack do then? <laughs> if she comes, you know what I mean? Or may he know he's rich. Maybe he got like the president to like pardon Jack or some, I don't know. Yeah. Pull some strings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just don't know if they end up sitting on that beach for it's the just rest like, of their lives. Yeah, well, he's, he's got a good backup Mexico career. He, he can always go back to clowning. That's a solid plan. Yeah. Clowning yeah, what, what is he going to do? Like, what? you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, what skills does he have? Is she marrying him? Is that where they're going to go from here? Like, sequel. Let's have a sequel. Sequel. Yeah. Charlie Sheen, if Call you're listening. Charlie Sheen. Right. Yeah. Christy Swanson. Uh -huh. Both. We'll, we'll all be consultants for the next movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to be, I want to be one of the cops. Steve, you and I can yes. be cops. Yes. Let's yes. be cops. We'll be the cops. <laughs> Maggie be can great. be an anchor. <laughs> I'll be an anchor. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. I'm excited for that. Or maybe Maggie <laughs> should be captured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You can be the love the interest. Test, yeah. You could fall in love or not. I, I would say, go you, fall in you love. You say it's so far-fetched. You, you'd probably fall in love. Yeah, we oh, could get Charlie Sheen to reprise totally the role. You could be the new uh, kidnap. Yes. Yeah, Charlie Sheen hasn't aged a bit, according to you. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. Like now, you know, look at a really recent picture. But I just mean like he does not look 28 in this movie. And I he think he has AIDS now, so you might want to. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> oh well, come on. <laughs> well, we could recast. Right? Doesn't he? I'm pretty sure that's. No, true. he totally does. Yeah. Okay. He totally does. He totally does. He totally does. I know he has back. AIDS because. <laughs> <laughs> we can go back in time before he had AIDS and bring him back, and then we, yeah. No, no, we just have to recast him, and then you just want to reenact the the car scene. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you want to put it to the test. It's exciting. I think I can't that would be see incredibly, the road. incredibly difficult to do. I will say the sand. As soon as they started hooking up, they they played it exactly how it was supposed to go in the real world. Her butt's beeping the horn, and Charlie Sheen flipped on the windshield wipers, and he can't see anything. It's a really awkward start, but then you get teleported to this magical land of beautiful sky, and there's there's no cops behind him. Suddenly, like if you look out the back of the window, there's no cops back there anymore. You let's yeah. go been teleported the into this you just love kinda, making. <laughs> there's no way it's possible. There's just no. not. No. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm it, sure it's been done, though. I mean, come going on. Going like there's some creative 80, people out there. 80 down the freeway, like I think you're definitely gonna crash. And he's like all over the road. Yeah. Why is he swerving? It's wow. it's it's both the most ridiculous sex scene I've ever seen, and also like the tamest. They basically just right. make sure. out forever. Yeah. 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 
But again, <laughs> it's it, it would have it wouldn't have really fit if all of a sudden it was this raw sexy. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, yeah. It wouldn't have. It's almost played for laughs. It's yeah. gotta be you know like, I mean? oh it's yeah. It's totally oh, yeah. like, oh my goodness. Had yeah. they done a legit sex scene, it, I think it would have done a lot better in theaters. Probably. That's yeah. true. Everybody <laughs> would know about it. That's yeah. true. One of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, that would have put it up there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? We oh, wouldn't be man. talking about it today because it is better than you remember. Yeah, yeah everyone would be knows. like, I know exactly what movie you're talking about. <laughs> the one where Christy Swanson gets naked in the car on, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh-huh. When 80 down the freeway. Yeah. <laughs> Become a, yeah, one of those things that you, you, every young man gets on his 16th birthday. Yeah. Here you go, son. It's my copy of The Chase. I, you're a man now. <laughs> you're a man now. <laughs> I want Watch you to this. have this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell's the matter with me? <laughs> it's a good thing you don't have a son. Yeah, it's a good thing I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. have a son. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to edit this out. Don't let my wife hear this. Okay. <laughs> So if you're out there and you haven't seen The Chase, highly recommended. Great hour and a half. Super fun movie. It's on, um, what do they call it? Amazon Prime Videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As of, the, as of this recording, that's where I watched it because it was free. Yeah. And, uh, I enjoyed it. So if, if you've got Amazon Prime, take advantage of that and watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Steve. Thank you, Maggie. It's been thank fun. You. I think what are we going to do next? We're going to maybe work on some Halloween I videos. think so. So yeah. I think maybe we're we've got have some, some ideas floating around for Halloween. Yeah. All right. Oh, and then you you wanted to do a James Bond like marathon for for the new James Bond movie. Yeah, that's coming up yeah. in November. I love James Bond. Yeah. Right. So we'll do some Halloween and then we'll do some James Bond. Mm-hmm. You know who's in the new James Bond movie, Steve? Who's in the new James Bond movie? Anna De Armas. I don't know who that is. We were just talking about her. She's from Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I haven't seen that movie. I know, but the, the girl that we were just talking about an hour yes. ago. Yes, yes, yes. She's also in the new James Bond movie. Well, it looks like we're going to have to watch both of those movies. Yeah, I'm going to see. Well, I've already seen Blade Runner 2049 because I watch good movies. Well, that's what, what, that's what I'm here for. I have to be on this podcast to learn about this stuff. Yeah. Right. This is work. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, if you have any recommendations for something that you think is better than... Uh, Better than you remember. We remember, yeah. Better than we remember. Steve <laughs> doesn't remember it because he hasn't seen anything. Exactly. I need yeah, your help. If it's yeah. Don't bother with Marvel movies or Star Wars movies. He's seen all of those. Seen them all. Many Love times. All. Yeah. You can tell him to watch Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and he'll watch Revenge of the Sith for the fifty fifth time. I instead. watched it this past weekend, dude. It was great. Oh my! You did? <laughs> I did. I actually did. Oh my god! I did. Only because I wanted to watch Rogue One. So if you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to subscribe to the Better Than You Remember podcast. We are on Spotify. We are on Google. We are on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called now. You can see some of the video versions of these on our YouTube channel. Just go to our YouTube channel, select the playlist Better Than You Remember, and be sure to subscribe. Click click the little bell for notifications if you enjoyed. Um, Thank you very much. All the podcasts and videos, I believe the videos are on AfterHoursYoungstown.com and all the podcasts are on BusinessJournalDaily.com so you can check them out there as well. Yeah. We're everywhere. Mm-hmm. We're everywhere. everywhere. Mm-hmm. You can't hide. It's one of us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. See you all later. Right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.